in the morning when you need the news that matters most. We have a constitutional right to publish this story. We are the fourth estate and we will hold the powerful accountable. You need the front page. Wait, what's the fourth estate? Us, the press. And everyone knows that? On the press box. Because I feel like people always say the fourth estate, but they don't actually know what it means. I think everybody knows what it means. I thought the fourth estate was time. That's the fourth dimension. I thought the fourth estate was Georgia. With Graney and Bischoff. No, not state, a state. You thought I was saying we're the state of Georgia? UNLV basketball plays the University of British Columbia. Tonight, 7 o'clock start. You can listen to it right here on ESPN Las Vegas, a 15-minute pregame show starting at 6.45. Uh, you will be able to watch this, but not live. The only way to consume this game live is right here. Right here! Uh, they're gonna, UNLV is going to post this to YouTube after the game. I'm very curious to see how late it will be posted after the game. Game over between 9 and 9.15 our time. Post-game interviews <laughs> with the beat writers for the British Columbia team. I'll say it's posted by 10.30. What no do you say? chance. Oh, really? I'd be shocked if it's up before midnight. With all those fans at the practice, everyone pining away to see this team? It's not about uh, the demand for it. It's that they are they are taking basically like the camera they're just going to use a camera that they would use to get film right of practice or of a game and they're going to take that and they're going to upload that to youtube after the fact and what i've been told is they're actually going to put the radio call over the the video so you right? hear it so you can hear, hear play back. by play when you go and watch it on youtube but it's going to be an hour and a half two hour file uploading to youtube takes a long time so what time you think midnight I'll. I'm thinking it'll be up between 11:30 and midnight. That's you're, my. You're not staying 30 up. 30 minutes. I think I'm gonna stay up until 11. If it's up by 11, I'll watch it before the show tomorrow, because then, all right, one o'clock, it'll be over. I can go to bed, uh, which is pretty late. But if it's not up by 11, I'm gonna go to bed and I'll figure so, out watch it. Good the next chance day. we won't see Tyler tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Doing the show from home, anyways. Oh. Uh. Oh, we'll see. Apparently, Jimmy Garoppolo disappeared. This is a great story. From the 49ers after signing his big contract. Uh, he signed a five-year deal worth $137 million back in 2018, right? And then according to Peter King, he had an unnamed assistant coach say, once Garoppolo left that press conference announcing his new contract, nobody heard from him for weeks and weeks. <laughs> He didn't return calls. He didn't return text. He basically just vanished. And we were looking at each other going, what just happened? What a great story. <laughs> he did exactly what I would do if you gave me $180 million. Do subway commercials? Uh, no, I'm I'm literally going on the bender to all, in, to end all benders. And hey, I'll be back in a couple weeks. Don't worry about it. Can I ask you from the um, like media side standpoint of this? or I guess the coach side standpoint of this, what's the point of an unnamed assistant coach saying this now? Because he's probably talking to Peter King and, and he gets talking to him and he thinks You think it's, it's, just a, it's just a good story? Yeah, that it's a he, good story. You don't think there's any intent behind, hey, Garoppolo. An assistant coach? Yeah, because I, I like, 
Garoppolo's like on the trade block. They're trying to trade him. This wouldn't help the 49ers no, trade no. him. So I couldn't figure out if there was some sort of like reasoning why this story no, that's I think he was four just years old. To Peter King. This, yeah, this definitely feels like one of those Peter King talk to the guy and, he go, and the guy's like, oh no, I know things. Right. I exactly, know things. Yeah, exactly. Come on. I'm not just an assistant. I'm in, I'm on the inside. K-Long told me a couple days ago. I, you got to get rid of this echo. <laughs> I can't talk. I'm drunk. Whatever. <laughs> Adam Schefter reported that it looks more and more unlikely that Alvin Kamara will be disciplined this season by the NFL. Uh, he is facing charges on battery for something that happened here in Las Vegas. Um, allegedly punched a guy multiple times uh, with some other people. Um, but this, I mean, but the court case continues to be delayed, meaning it's not they're not even going to hear anything until after the season starts, and it might get delayed again after that isn't there precedent here that they can still do this before the court case is even heard so the nfl will do like their own investigation yeah, their own their often. own thing not not legally right so yes there is um but i'm curious if for some reason they want to see this one because i think haven't we seen the tape i'd have to go back and look at yeah i'd have to go back and I mean, look at them well he's allegedly punched him outside of the video right there's the video of it, but there was apparently a different altercation okay. as well. I might be wrong on that. But I think the NFL normally, they will suspend players, even if like the law, whatever. But I think it hasn't normally, played out. I think it normally comes after the law, like whatever court case has played out. Like with Deshaun Watson, for example, all the criminal stuff thrown away. He's not getting criminally charged. There's civil lawsuits, but like the, the NFL after the criminal lawsuit or case has is gone, now is now coming in. So I feel like they would prefer to let this case play out and then come through and say, hey, you got arrested for this. Or oh, they dismissed the charges. We're still going to punish you, right? right? I, I think that's what they would prefer. And if that's the case, Kamara plays the whole season and maybe gets punished for next season at some point would be my guess here. So we'll see. I, it'd be weird, right, if they waited until the middle of the season and like some hearing happened and then they were like, oh, you're suspended for four games. Like week nine, oh, you're out for the next yeah. four. That'd be weird, I would think. So I don't know what happens, but I guess it's looking likely he's going to play the whole year. Fantasy. The important part. Fantasy football. <laughs> Watson at quarterback, Kamara at exactly. running back. Yeah. I don't care about him. Next question. Las Vegas will not host the 2025 College Football National Championship game. It was supposed to be here in Las Vegas. But remember the fun story earlier in the year, CES is the same week, the Consumer Electronics Show, which is probably, it might be the biggest thing that Las Vegas hosts. Uh, So Las Vegas can't host it because apparently there was an ask at one point to move CES and college football got laughed at. Uh, There was a request, I think, from somebody in Las Vegas to move the college football championship game. And I think Las Vegas got laughed at for asking that. So now it's just going to Atlanta instead. Are we ever going to host this, or is CES going to box us we out? We have of the to host this, title? don't we? Eventually, if we don't host it, it's like against the law. Well, once they expand, the title game should be later. Maybe they we can have expand to host this without eventually. it being later. But I mean, if it's just the same week as CES, we might never host right. it because CES is better for the economy. Oh, it's much better for the economy. Like, there, I don't know. Like, it, there might not be any events that are better than CES for us. So, are we maybe we never host it. It's just like, yeah, CES is here. Sorry. 
Wow, sorry. Um, I got you. Thank you. Sorry. Sorry. All right. It's a fun story. Maybe a fun story. Maybe not a fun story. Roquan Smith might be using an uncertified agent. Like his buddy or somebody? So there was a memo sent out to NFL teams to remind them, hey, you should only be talking to certified agents for players and coaches or for players, whether it's about contracts or trades. And according to this memo, a non-certified agent has been calling NFL teams on behalf of Roquan Smith. Now, Roquan Smith asked the Bears for a trade. It would make sense that his agent would be calling to be like, hey, would you be interested in trading for Roquan Smith? But is this just some guy? Does Roquan Smith know this guy? I, is this Jared? I really are you well, calling? Are you calling? <laughs> talking? About well, I really want it to be Jacob's his, new agent? his like mom. Yeah, <laughs> be beautiful. Like the agent, the agent's like, yeah, all right, I'll call it. And then the mom's like, no, no, I got this. I'm gonna get you out of. I'm gonna get you out of Chicago. It is not his mom. Uh, um, it's somebody named Saint Omni, which sounds fake, by the yep, way. Saint Omni. Saint Omni, right? Sounds like a is the person who's been calling. Right. Sounds like some high school in Louisiana. Yeah, that's just like got a ridiculously good basketball team for unknown reasons. Like, yeah, Saint Omni is the name. Who is not an NFLPA certified agent? Is who's calling them? So I again. I don't know if Roquan Smith knows this guy and is like, yes, go call NFL teams for me. Or if this is just a random guy who is like, I'm going to call NFL teams and try to get Roquan. Like, what? imagine it's just like a Bears fan. Who's I like, was yeah, about to yes, say, exactly. we need to get a third round pick for this guy. Yeah. Let me start calling some teams up. What if it's that random uh, member of the media who's credentialed, but no one is like 100% sure why they're credentialed and they're just like, yeah, I'm calling on that behalf. That of... never happens. <laughs> oh, Next question. Standing in your corner. Next question. Liz Cambage says she's stepping away from the WNBA. Here was her statement she posted on Instagram. Playing for the Sparks was a dream come true, and I'm honored to have shared the court with such amazing ladies for as long as we did. I'm sorry to have left abruptly, and I wish it could have ended on a different note. I've decided to step away from the league for the time being, and I'm hopeful that the WNBA will do their part in creating safer environments and a stronger support system for their players. While I'll miss rocking the purple and gold, I'll be taking the time to focus on my healing and personal growth before providing clarification on past rumors. Thank you to all my supporters, family, and friends for all the love and light you continue to surround me with. I think my eyes so just fell out of my head from rolling. Well, she yeah, and she's in the past talked about her mental health issues. Um, so I'm not going to say this isn't part of that, but I'll say that enough of this has happened to where I don't know if I take her if I'm a WNBA team. I think that's the interesting part where she says, I'm stepping away from the WNBA. I think the WNBA has stepped away oh, from yeah. Liz Campbell. Yeah. <laughs> like this is now, she was with Dallas and didn't want to play for Dallas right. anymore. Ended up in Vegas. Granted, things didn't end that poorly here, but she did take a shot at Becky Hammond on the way out. And then she's now in LA and she quit the team in the middle of the season, right? right? Like, I mean, that's what happened here. She quit the team in the middle of a season and is now like, oh, they got to do more to support the players. Like, uh, probably, yes. Most leagues probably need to do more to support their players, but this seems to be a continual Liz Cambage problem and not an actual WNBA it problem. I was actually going to say, we're, it, didn't the Australian national team also kind of yes. go, we don't want you well, either? Yeah, because yeah, yes. 
yes, called the Nigerian yes, team. I, I was aware. Okay. Like, but what I'm saying is, so, you know, the NBA, WNBA is like, no, thank you. Don't, you can't go play in Russia anymore. And your national team doesn't want you. I mean, she said multiple times that she's not, she's interested in things outside of basketball, that she's interested well, in like she should careers. go pursue them. Right. In careers and professions outside of basketball. Right. She said that all the time. Right. So conceivably, like her next steps, her path or whatever are going to be those interests. Right. Could have yes. nothing to do go pursue with basketball. Right. And uh, I mean, it's it's good to have a variety in life. Right. So maybe that's what it is. But I'm, I would be surprised at this point if a WNBA team took her on two years from now, three years from now, however long it ends up being before she's coming back or trying to come back to the WNBA. All right. Coming up next, Kevin Durant in retirement. That can't happen. Ten days ago, Kevin Durant and Josiah met in London. Durant really tried to apply the pressure by asking for Steve Nash and Sean Marks to get fired. And guess what has happened? Nothing. Nothing has happened. The dynamic around Kevin Durant hasn't changed at all. There hasn't been an urgency in trade talks. There hasn't been a change in strategy by the Brooklyn Nets. And I think what we have here is really a study of leverage. First off, the Nets do not have leverage in trade talks with other teams. They are not giving them the offers that they want. They see no reason to increase them. And so they are not making any progress there. And Kevin Durant clearly does not have leverage with the Brooklyn Nets. He is asking for things, get, get me traded, fire the coach, fire the GM. He is being told no. So when you have denied leverage, you have a stalemate. You're listening to The Press Box, Summer Edition. Ryan Windhorst talking about Kevin Durant and his trade request that has gone nowhere. Uh, but yesterday, Kevin Durant had some fun. He always has some fun on Twitter. Mark Stein, he reported that an NBA executive said Kevin Durant is more likely to retire than play for the Brooklyn Nets again. That quote or that summarized point, paraphrase point, Kevin Durant saw it and Kevin Durant tweeted out, I know most people will believe unnamed sources over me, but if it's anyone out there that'll listen... I don't plan on retiring anytime soon. Bleep is comical at this point. So Kevin Durant says he's not going to retire anytime soon. And here's my question to go along with what Brian Windhorst was just saying about leverage. Did Kevin Durant basically just say he's going to play for the Nets if he's not traded? Yeah, because I'm telling you, this he's not going to retire. Um, I know these guys are famously wealthy, and he's got four years left in that contract. He's not leaving that much money on the table. So if they're not going to trade him, he might not be happy. I mean, you're saying willing, willingly. I'm not so sure willingly, but I think he would still show up. I, I don't I don't think he's going to retire and leave that much on the table. He's got four years left on his contract. Yeah, I guess technically there can be a difference between retirement and like holding out. He could just be like, I'm not showing up until you trade me, which would not technically be retirement, but it's in the same Sort of category. Well, especially if they don't trade them. Right. Yes. If they just like, yeah, we're not getting the value for you. So, like, that's that, but that's the part that I'm interested in is like, when Horse talks about the, the leverage of the situation, what leverage do the Nets have in trading Kevin Durant? Apparently, not as much as they think, because otherwise he might have been traded by now because they would have gotten what They'd they gotten want. gotten the, the value that they think they should get. Right. And then on the flip side, what leverage does Kevin Durant have to None. force a trade? The only leverage that Kevin Durant has is if he's 
willing to not play. To hold out. Yeah. If he's willing to sit out, miss games, then Kevin Durant would have some leverage. Now, again, the four years still makes that really hard to do. Because even if Kevin Durant doesn't show up for training camp, preseason stuff for the Nets this year, says he's going to miss games too, there's four years left on that deal. Yeah. And if I'm the Nets, I'm like, okay. Yeah. Sit out. All right. See you next year or yeah. whatever. See you when you get tired of this and you want to come back. Like if I was the Nets, that's probably what I would do. I would, wouldn't try. I mean, obviously if somebody came in and offered me what I thought was the right value for Durant, then I trade him. But until that would happen, I'd just say, okay, yeah, you can say, we're not going to trade you for nothing. We're not going to trade you for what we think is nothing. We're going to trade you for what we think is legitimate value or you're on our team. And if he's going to sit out, if I'm the Nets, I'd say, all right, keep going for it because you got four years of this. And what are you going to do? Sit out for four years yeah. when you're 33? You're then he come, might be retired. Right. You're going to come back when you're 37, having not played basketball? Yeah, we don't believe you. So that's like the whole leverage conversation here. The Nets don't have it with other teams. Durant doesn't have it with the Nets. And it leaves you in a very weird situation where I ultimately think Kevin Durant's playing to start the season for the Nets. He's their best player and leading scorer for a coach he wanted fired, a GM he wanted fired, and a team he doesn't want to play for. I think he's playing for him in the first week of the season. I, I do too. I don't, well, I shouldn't say that because I, I wouldn't be surprised. Like you said, if there was a holdout in the beginning, like if he didn't yeah. show up in the beginning, just to, just to try to force something, but there's going to come a point where he realizes that they're serious in terms of not trading and let's say get value. And the big number here is what you said all along is four years. If it's one year, it's this is completely different, right? But four years is four years. And they have, that's why they have all the leverage. They can sit back, like you said, and say, well, do what you want. But you're just not going anywhere if we don't want you to go somewhere. If it's one year, the Nets would probably look at this as, oh, he doesn't want to play here. We better get, but he they can, wouldn't, and they wouldn't get value at that right, point. Right. They wouldn't get the value they're looking for no. now, but they'd say, oh, there's only one year left on this deal. He'll just leave as a free agent at the end Gotta of the get season. Something. So, okay, we'll trade him and we'll take, uh, you know, what they would, they would not deem as good value for Kevin Durant, but they would take whatever. They take something in return for Kevin Durant. Whereas, but with four years, like that's the thing, like the value of Kevin Durant for the next four seasons is insanely high, right? We talk about this all the time in baseball with like you trade for a rental or you trade for a guy that you get for multiple years of the trade deadline with Kevin Durant, right? It, you get him for four years. You you're probably getting one of the five best players in the league for the next four yeah. seasons. So if I'm, if I'm the Nets and I'm trading him, I got to find, I mean, you're probably not going to actually get real equal value back for a guy who's probably top five in the league for four straight seasons. But I'm trying to get as much value as possible. I'm trying to get a very high bar cleared on what I'm trading for. So I would do that if I were the Nets. No, no doubt about it. That's how I would play this out. And I think that leads to Kevin Durant playing for the Nets this season. I think that's just what happens here. And if you're the, and, and by the way, I think if you're the Nets, what you're hoping for is you start winning some games, right? You look up in Christmas time and, Hey, You're in this. We're the number two seed in the right. East at the moment. Kevin With him Durant's, playing and playing yeah, well. Kevin Durant's having a great season. Maybe he does want to stick around. Maybe he does want to play for us. Like, oh, I can win a title here. So that's what I'd be hoping for if I was the Nets. Now, obviously, they could you know, be the seventh seed in the East at Christmas. And Kevin Durant's like, this really sucks. Right. <laughs> I need to get out of here even sooner. But I think if I was the Nets, that's what I'd be hoping for. Which, by the way, Christmas Day schedule. Yeah, did you see it? Um, yeah. Can somebody tell me what the Knicks are doing on this schedule? C- can somebody tell me what the Knicks are doing on this schedule? 
Your your Christmas Day matchups. The Warriors are going to play the Grizzlies. Fun, right? NBA champion. One of the best young players in John Morant. One of the most exciting players in John Morant. Fun matchup. The Mavericks are going to play the Lakers, right? Lakers probably aren't going to be that good. No, but, but you have to have them it's on LeBron Christmas James. Day. And the Mavericks have Luka, right? Potential, right. you know, future MVP. Nuggets and Suns, right? Nuggets aren't that exciting, but they're going to be a good team. But they're going to be really good if everyone's healthy. And they've got MVP candidate for another season, reigning MVP, Nikola Jokic. Suns have been one of the better teams in the NBA for two straight seasons. You give it Celtics and Bucks, probably the two best teams in the East, right? A playoff rematch, probably a Eastern Conference Finals matchup, two title contenders. And the last game you get, 76ers, right? Joel Embiid, MVP candidate. Harden's there, right? Sixers have a legit shot. Playing the New York Knicks, who aren't good and don't even have an interesting player. Like Julius Randle, they're, they're, they signed Jalen Brunson. Like Julius Randle eats minutes if you play fantasy <laughs> basketball. <laughs> like, wh- what are they doing there? I'd rather see the Clippers. There's a. I'd rather that, see half the league. I'd rather them. see like the Miami Heat. Yeah, the Heat well, are at least yeah, good. Absolutely. That coach. Where the Atlanta Hawks might not be good. Yeah, but, but they've they got Trey Young. Young. They have Trey Young. Give me the Charlotte Hornets and Lamelo yeah. Ball. Like there are so many teams or players I would rather see over the Knicks. What are they doing on that schedule? I do. Every other team, you can understand why they're on that schedule. The, this the, one, absolutely. This not. is the definition of. New York, big it market, it is. big market, it is. and it's just like, yeah, but good Lord, <laughs> big country, big country, <laughs> stop talking about the Jets. Like, I will say, at least I know which game I will not pay attention to and maybe talk to my family yeah, for 25 this, minutes. This is this is the perfect, like, all right, guys, we're scheduling dinner. We, <laughs> we know what it's going to be. The Knicks tip off. Yes. that That's it. Like, I just... I was like, "What? What are the Knicks doing?" That's a ridiculous. I'll team miss to most have. of them flying back from Pittsburgh. Oh, that's right. I oh, keep I'll forgetting miss, that. Oh, oh, how it's... about how about if I land and the only game left is the Knicks <laughs> game? <laughs> All the other games have been played. The only other game is the Knicks game. I actually think it's the second game of the day. It's got to be early. I'll yeah. miss it because I mean the it. West. The West games yeah. will be the later yeah. games. But uh, I can't, man, I keep forgetting you're going to Pittsburgh to cover that Raiders game, and you got to fly back on Chris. Oh man, Christmas Day. You already you already booked your flight. Oh yeah. Do you have the early? Fl- or do you have an early flight out of Pittsburgh on Christmas Day? Like ten a.m. Home home here at noon. Okay, you should you should be fine, right? If you've missing up- the Knicks, yes. Well, no, no, I'm saying getting home. You should be. Yeah, like weather's the, the only issue. Well, weather. I mean, airlines have been having delays like crazy all summer. Conceivably, it'll be better by the time we get to December, but maybe not. It's Christmas time. Like the later your flight is in the day, the more opportunities right. there are to be the problems that would cause right. a delay. You're like, you should change it from 10 a.m. Get that 6 a.m. flight out of there. Probably. <laughs> like, we looked at those, but there were no non-stops. Oh, okay, and I'm not mind. stopping. No, I'm not stopping on the way home. Yeah, go with the non-stop. Yeah, there's I once, no way. I once had a layover in New Orleans, which is just, I mean, New Orleans is a beautiful city. Three hours, so. In the airport. Yep, in the airport. Yeah. Just people complaining <laughs> about how hot it is. Yeah. And I'm just like, I just want to go home. By the way, one random um, thing I'm going to complain about. Uh, airlines, when they say it's a non-stop flight, but you stop somewhere, you just you don't, don't get, get off, off the plane. That yeah. is a lie. Yeah. 
It's a lie. That's a complete lie. Because yeah. now I'm just on this plane for longer than yeah. I ever intended. Exactly. I almost, I'd almost prefer to have an hour layover so I can get off the damn plane. Get something to eat. Right. Yeah. That's a complete lie. That should be against the law. Send them all to jail. Coming up next, Charles McDonald joins the show. I was glad he did. That's something the guy's got to get used to. Seems like an easy thing, but it's not as easy as people act, you know, especially when you have a certain style your whole, whole career. Your personality and the nature of how you played the position takes over, and you don't do what you're planning on doing, so it's good to see him stick with the plan. Back to the Press Box Summer Edition. Joining us now is Charles McDonald. Follow him on Twitter at 4 Check out his podcast, The Exempt List. Um, all right, you are going to have much more knowledge on this than anybody, all of us combined on this show. The best moment of preseason football so far has been? Um, wow. That's tough. So I, I think I'll go with, uh, I'm going to sound like a, a homer, but Desmond Ritter, like, touchdown <laughs> throw at the end of the Lions game. That was pretty cool. He, played, he had a good game. Uh, I honestly, I'm gonna keep it real with you guys. I was hammered like the entire weekend. I, I'm like just now catching up on what happened. Like I saw the Falcons game. A girl was just absolutely disgusted me for watching the Falcons game. She's like, "You talk about this team like the worst thing that ever happened to you, but here you are watching four quarters of a preseason game." It's like, yeah, you don't get it. You wouldn't get it, and you couldn't get it. So just mind your business. Uh, but yeah, it, it's uh, it, it's been pretty cool. I also thought Malik Wilson's performance was fun. Uh, he looks even faster versus NFL guys than he did versus guys at Liberty, so uh, that's gonna be cool. And I think uh, you know, it, it also solidified that wow, the Steelers were kind of crazy picking Kenny Pickett 20th overall because I think you could get a lot of guys to do what they asked him to do this past weekend. I had no idea Jared Bernhardt was a former lacrosse player of the year in the NCAA. Did you know that? Uh, yeah, I did because I know someone who has been shouting this business back for like the past year and they were, I don't remember who it was, but they were going off on Twitter when he scored that touchdown. But, uh, yeah, he's like some lax bro turns football bro. And, yes. uh, <laughs> hopefully he can make the Falcons. Uh, that was a pretty cool play. Pretty cool moment. And I, I got to say, I think the Falcons, uh, might have the best quarterback room in the league. Oh, you see Jesus. how fast hop back on there? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> How much are they losing by in week one to bring you back to reality? Uh, if you ask me about any other team, I will be honest with you, but about the Saints, I will never, ever say that the Saints would beat the Falcons. Never. Like, people... I, I could literally stop rooting for the Falcons, and I would still root against the Saints. Like, there's no worse professional sports franchise on the planet. There's just awful people from top to bottom. Uh, and I think the Falcons are going to win by 30. So, yeah, how about that? I, there, there will literally never be – it could be me out there at quarterback. I'm like, guys, we're going to beat the Saints. Like, we have no choice but to beat the Saints today. So, week one, yeah, I'm, I'm still optimistic. Don't ask me about the other 15 games, though. All right. Why does Roquan Smith have some random guy calling NFL teams acting as his agent? I, I don't know. You know, it's funny. I was literally just making a joke about this to someone yesterday because normally, like, I think when, you know, people, sometimes people in the media will be like, oh, you know, you know, Lamar Jackson really needs an agent. And, you know, player X really, Richard Sherman really needs an agent. Most of the times I'm like, with those guys, I'm like, eh, let's see what happens first. Let's see what happens with the negotiations because there hasn't been, like, a big public blow-up or whatever. Maybe they actually did handle on things. Um, with Roquan Smith, 
dude, you might as well just get an agent at this point. And I would, I would strongly suggest that Real Cost Smith gets an agent at this point because clearly, uh, if this Saint Omni thing is true, where he's having <laughs> someone named Saint Omni who appear, appears to be a real person, one of my friends did uh, some research and found a uh, Facebook account to someone named Saint Omni who hasn't posted since like July of 2020, where they're talking about being just a, quote, business consultant for NFL players. I don't know what that means. Um, But if you're already at the point where you're having someone named St. Omni or a business consultant reach out to teams illegally because he's not a certified agent, uh, reach out to teams on your behalf to try to get a trade done, then clearly you're not opposed to the idea of having someone who at least functions as an agent in your life. And I would say, you know, if, if if you're Roquan, and you don't want to be someone that deals with the negotiations on the contract and the trade offer, which is fine. That's what most NFL players do. That's why you hire representation to get that done for you. Just hire someone that's certified with the NFLPA. I don't know why you're giving your money to someone that can't negotiate a trade for you because it, it, it's not like someone who's in St. Omni's position has a lot of power or really any power to get things done. I mean, the NFL wrote a letter like, hey, you can't negotiate with this guy because he's not a certified uh, agent. I don't know what Roquan Smith is giving him money for at this point, but I think that money would be better suited to just call, call Drew Rosenhaus. He can get you out of this game. He's gotten people out of the <laughs> games a lot worse than this one. What is a business negotiator? I don't Consultant. know. Consultant. I mean, if you, you might as well go the extra mile and just become an agent. Yeah. Well, you got you to <laughs> probably yeah. pay for yeah. a certification. Right, right. right. So, saying on me, like, why aren't you getting certified? <laughs> yes, because exactly. if you have rope, if you get, if you have Roquan, like to this point where he's basically functioning as your illegitimate client. Imagine how many legitimate clients you could get <laughs> if you just got the certification, because he's going to pass you off to his buddies and so and so and so. So it's a it's a really weird situation. But yeah, I think he's the first star player that doesn't have an agent where I'm like, yeah, you should probably get an agent because this is heading off the rails pretty fast. All right, Lamar Jackson's got one year left on his uh, rookie deal. He kind of, sort of gave a vague deadline of the season starting. He won't negotiate uh, for a new contract anymore. So here's a question for you. After this year, who needs who more? Does Lamar need the Ravens more, or do the Ravens need Lamar more? Uh, I think the Ravens need Lamar more. I mean, the whole thing is kind of set up to have a quarterback like Lamar Jackson in. He, he's still someone that, at his peak, can be the best quarterback in football, or at least like the most dominant playmaker in football. So, yeah, I, I think the Ravens need Lamar Jackson. I think if someone like Lamar Jackson were to hit free agency, like he would get an absolute record-breaking contract if teams were, abs- were actually able to bid over that. Uh, you know, and, and, and it's funny because like, even at points last year, I think before, you know, the the Ravens got hurt and sick again towards the end of the season, you were kind of at a skeleton crew, like. For the first half of the season, we were talking about Lamar like he was an MVP candidate because we saw that clearly he was one of the few things working about the Ravens as they started to fall apart. So, you know, to me, it it would be kind of crazy to let someone that talented and that young walk out the door. Um, And honestly, I I, I don't know. I I think they'll get something done before the season starts because one thing you don't want, like if you're Baltimore, part of the risk that you have to take is after Lamar left the lineup last year, I know they had some close calls with the Packers towards the end of the year, but they didn't win another game after he left the lineup. Uh, he's got like one of the, you know, if you're going to be a quarterback's 
wins guy, which I am with guys that I like, so I'll do this for Lamar Jackson. <laughs> if you're going to do like the, the quarterback win stuff, he's, he's, the Ravens have been one of the most successful organizations in the league uh, since, he, since he's been the starter. I mean, he's barely lost any games, and they got to the playoffs. Uh, you know, it's not like there's been a whole lot, but they have won one playoff game in the two trips. So, you know, I, I think he's definitely someone worth paying, building around. And also, I, I tend to think that, you know, he's shown enough as a passer, too, where you should be willing to invest in that. Have you changed your mind now that uh, Goodell's friend is making the decision on what Deshaun Watson's going to face? Um, let's say that question again. I mean, have you changed your mind on what you think is going to be the outcome of this in terms of how long he's um, out? Not, I mean, I don't know. I, don't know. I, I think Goodell wants to um, – I think Goodell wants to, uh, to hammer Watson at the end of this. Because, uh, you know, because Goodell, he's had a lot of slip-ups, and I think he's, like, secretly or maybe even outwardly a guy who kind of really cares about – his image, and he knows that he hasn't done the best job with other instances in the past, like Ray Rice. He also knows that the Colin Kaepernick thing kind of got bungled when he was watching this, would just kind of be another stain uh, on on his resume. So, you know, I I think that they're really going to go for the full year. I understand why, uh, you know, Jeff Sue Robinson, why she was hesitant to give him the full year because, based on the rules, if you're going to give the max penalty, the max penalty as uh, instructed is kind of six games for this kind of stuff, but I, I think it's, it's smart for the NFL to kind of appeal that because th- there's no precedent in any rule book for how to deal with someone who's accused of these things. So I, I think that it's okay for the NFL to kind of take an unprecedented matter, uh, un- unprecedented action, I should say, and try to push from six games to an entire season, or really just indefinite. Um, and I, I think what's, what's made it even more clear that this needs to happen is the Browns themselves have not taken this seriously whatsoever. Uh, they had a horrible press conference when he got traded where they couldn't answer questions about like, why should fans who care about this still be fans of the Browns? Uh, and then Watson himself before they played Jacksonville on Friday. I mean, that, that apology it was from the heart, was, Charles, it was from the heart, from the heart, you know, I'm, Oh, we just pulled together, uh, you know, Sean, throw some sweats real quick. We'll get the person who apologized for Big Ben all this year. <laughs> She'll come up here and do this interview for you. Uh, and then you won't look at the camera one time, and you'll finally <laughs> apologize for just affecting people's lives in a negative manner after saying defiantly that she didn't do anything for a long time when we all knew that was a lie. I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was honestly kind of sinister watching that video. Uh, and, yeah, I, I think that, the, the way that the Browns, Watson, his whole camp have handled this, it's probably best for the NFL to just kind of get them out of the way of cameras for a year. Well, he is Charles McDonald at Four Verts on Twitter. Uh, do you have anything planned for the exemplus this week? Yeah, I'm talking to uh, my buddy uh, Justin Muscata again. We're going to probably crack some brews and go over week one of the preseason with uh, a lot of laughs along the way. Perfect. Uh, so check out the Exemplist Charles's podcast with uh, Underdog Fantasy. Charles, as always, we appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Charles. Thanks. So there's Charles McDonald's. All right, coming up next. <laughs> I didn't hear the I didn't hear the beep, Jared. There it is. I was going to say I only heard it outside the headphones, but I'm glad you got it on there. It's the best part of every interview. All right, coming up next, it's Jared's dumb questions. 
I wish that a lot of these young players who I admire so much learned from my stupidity and my debacle. Mm -hmm. And it, it almost brings me to tears to see a kid like Tatis who's 23 years old that for the rest of his career, he's just going to play it out. There's probably no Hall of Fame. I'm not going to go to the Hall of Fame probably because of my own mistake. Mm -hmm. And that's heartbreaking for me. It's heartbreaking to explain that to my daughters, but that's on me. So I get to be now hopefully a better friend, a better business person, more importantly, a better father. All of the sun, none of the fun on the Press Box Summer Edition. A-Rod talking about his own stupidity yeah. right before uh, Jared's dumb questions. He I thought on, that was he good. Was, he was honest, right? I'm not going to go to the Hall of Fame because of my own decisions. Look at that. He should probably go to the mean, Hall of Fame. Yeah, he probably should. I mean, so should a bunch of people. Yes. <laughs> we, we need, like, it's really sad. We're going to need a lot of old baseball writers to die in order for us to have people in the Hall of Fame. But that's not what's happening right now. Are you guys ready for Jared's dumb questions ready. after I just tried to murder people? All right. First question. And this is one that I think Tyler's going to get a little bit more than Ed. Although, Ed, you actually leave the house. So maybe you'll you'll get it, too. At what point are we going to get a manager or a coach vaping on the sideline or on the bench? Ooh. Because we used to have Jim Leland out there smoking a heater, and then in the 80s, Keith Hernandez, right before it at bat, right. smoking. smoking a heater. But what what point are we going to have that guy with the like little stick in his mouth blowing pineapples vapor? Are these vapor? professional or children's coaches? Because I could see, <laughs> oh because I could see like teenagers, uh, the coach looking over the teenagers saying, hey, can I borrow that? Like I know you're about to go up to bat, but I need a, I need a hit. All right, guys. Uh, final team rule: no more sharing jewels. We've got an outbreak. Okay, so it's not going to happen in basketball or hockey. So we're looking at football or baseball. Do you really think it's not going to happen? Because when I looked up pictures of like athletes smoking. Hockey was one like hockey had pictures from the nineties of like yeah, players yeah, on but, the bench. Yeah, yeah, but like coaches aren't going to be smoking or vaping. It's not going to happen during a game. Um, so it'd have to be football or baseball. The problem with baseball is they only hire old people, and those people are just going to smoke. Football <laughs> hires, yeah, he just chews on toothpicks for some reason. Uh, football actually hires some young people. How old Mike McDaniel just got hired by the Dolphins? He's in his thirties, I think. Right? Is McVay still in his thirties? I think he just got into his forties. And like Matt Lafleur, the Packers, like football actually hires guys in their thirties. So it could be soon. Like just, it, it could be in the next five years. And I, I would get on the sideline during a game. They're all insane. Probably not. Like. Hey, man, maybe what if they just need they just like, like I, I need that hit. But like after practice, right before they talk to the media, I absolutely that could that could happen like this year. Just Lane Kiffin walking towards the <laughs> <laughs> just walking over. Sean McVay is 36. Okay, I have no good. idea how Sean, yeah. well, Sean McVay is. So McVay, McDaniel, and I believe LaFleur are all in their 30s. Uh oh no, LaFleur's they're 42. That old man. Jesus. Um, so no Sean, no uh, Josh McDaniels. He's forty six. Oh, he's ancient. Come on, yeah, he's not going to do it. There's guys in his thirties. He can't be forty six. So like, I I think football hires young enough guys that that would vape, but <laughs> it's gonna. I don't know that. It, I just can't imagine it happening during a game. It'd be hilarious if it did, but it's just hard to see 
any of them, right? McVeigh on the sideline with his vape while after Aaron Donald like sacks dude on third down. I just, I, for some reason, just would love the imagery of, like, it was a cold December day. NFL films <laughs> just cut to him putting a little stick in his mouth. <laughs> All right. Uh, next dumb question. Why are we sniffing postseasons? That's a good question. Why are we, like, of all the, like... The Chargers sniffed the postseason. Yeah, like... They didn't are, make it, but oh. they sniffed it. Yeah, like, why is why is that the, like, phrasing hmm. or the words we've decided as a group to be like... They're, I don't know, because they're within... They're at the outside distance. of the restaurant, but they can't afford yeah, exactly. it? exactly. I mean, that's... I guess that's they fair. They walk by and they Somehow smell the ribs. poverty-hungry... <laughs> thing going on here like you're too poor to eat but you can stand outside and smell okay, it but it, it, they, <laughs> you can stand outside and vape. they they have the playoffs in their sight makes more sense but lately i've only heard smell based analogies yes yeah, nothing's been around well you know if you're describing the charger season last year say they sniffed the postseason what would you say they could see the postseason they were on the horizon it's the hard, the, we, horizon we seems to be far away. far away. It seems far the away. The horizon yeah. seems to be far away, Max Petra. Yeah, we talked about this with the Golden Knights. It's a bad analogy because <laughs> the horizon's far and you never reach it. So if you're on right. the horizon, you're never getting you're never getting to the horizon. So I think I, I I agree with you. It's very weird that they're sniffing. We're sniffing the postseason, but I can understand why we why we would do that instead of sight. I guess there's just also to me a negative connotation with like well maybe not scratch and sniff but just sniff in general like if you sniff something it's like oh god usually bad yeah, yeah. it's Does not the post maybe the postseason smells bad you wouldn't think though yeah, that it's... though you would it'd be like if a more games more laundry maybe a lot of teams laundry machines break in january because it's like oh this laundry machine was ready to go for 17 weeks not a why do 18. you have me sniffing now i don't know but you <laughs> keep doing just... it right into the mic that is just smelling <laughs> just just smelling the entire segment now. <laughs> All right. So uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo got a biopic made about him, which it feels too soon, but he it already, won a, it, it no, he already won a championship. Here's my question. If someone had to write a based on your life, but not necessarily like every true event, but a based on your life movie, would that movie be a comedy or a drama? Uh-huh. I mean, I hope a comedy. <laughs> I, Nothing bad has happened comedy. to me, so it'd be a comedy. Comedy. Okay. There's that's... not enough bad things that have happened. Have you in seen my me life. drive? They could put, a camera, they could put a camera in the back seat and then just say, "What is this guy doing?" People would just be <laughs> laughing. It'd be a comedy. By the way, on Giannis, it's obviously too soon. Not because he hasn't accomplished anything. But the guy's 27, and I am 100% confident there's going to be so much more content to make a good movie about Giannis in the next 10 years, in the next 20 years. The guy's amazed at everything he finds. He was amazed that you could dunk Oreos in milk. You don't think this guy's <laughs> going to produce more incredible content for the next decade, two decades? He's only 27. Right. Like, that's why. It's not too soon because there has there's been enough in his life. Like the whole, I went to Chick-fil-A and got 50 chicken right. minis after dropping right. 50 to win the title yeah. is incredible, right? But he's going to do that again. He's going to do more stuff like that that you need to wait because the best parts of his life documentary thing 
are going to be great in the future. How mad would Kevin Durant be if somebody did like a based on his story comedy? Well, his should be a comedy. Oh, yeah. It's called it's, Burner. Just all the burners. Funny. It's just about how many bad decisions he makes, basically. It'd be great. Just him on Twitter. 